You are listening to the One Mind Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. Hi, it's your host, Nora Keskevari, and we are here to talk about personal dog journeys and how we can be the best possible dog owners from the dog's perspective, of course. I'm super passionate about understanding the dog's perspective and with that, helping others to have a happy and balanced life with their dogs. It is always very inspirational to hear it from others, their journey with their dogs and learning more about the dog's perspective. Today, I have a privilege to talk with someone who will share such an interesting life story. He was not born into the dog world, However, he is very experienced competitor, also coaching as well um, as a uh, One Mind Dogs coach. Today, we will talk with Stephen McKay from U- New York, the United States, and hear more about his life journey with dogs as he is experienced with many different types of dogs. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Nora. It's great to have you here. It's so exciting. <laughs> Hey, tell us, um, in the, to start with, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I was born in New York City, uh, in the Bronx, the borough of the Bronx, which has a bad reputation sometimes, but uh, I had very good time growing up. In 1995, I got married also to someone from the Bronx, and it's then that we got our first dog um, together. We both had dogs as Uh, children growing up, family pets, but we got our first dog together and she led us into the world of agility. Wow. Well, we'll hear about that, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's an interesting story. Um, what, well, you are living and you're from New York. Uh, oh, yeah, how yes. we, how, yeah. Yeah. So how is the life there with dogs? Well, um, we're no longer in the city. Uh, when we got married, we moved to the county just above New York City, which is Westchester County. And uh, so we have a house, a private house, and uh, a small yard, not very conducive to agility. One of the funny things that we do now is as we drive around and we look at people's yards, we say, oh, that's a good agility field. Um, and look, it even has a dwelling on it for people to live in. <laughs> so we look at properties totally different now. We have had since we've been married, uh, what is it now? 27? We're going on 28 years. We have had 10 dogs. Not all of them were agility dogs. We have had some senior rescues, but I currently have four dogs, three border collies and a shelfie. One of the border collies is with me right now, wondering how come. Uh, she can't hear the person talking on the Zoom meeting. Um, <laughs> that's grip. She turned six yesterday. So she had some nice steak dinner for her birthday, as did the other dogs. And Westchester is a great place to live. And uh, we're just loving the journey. Right. Sounds great. And there were many parts to congratulate you, not not the least uh, the journey in marriage for that long. Uh, so we are following behind you, uh, but on a good track though <laughs> with my husband. Um, and it's great to hear uh, about your birthday party um, uh, yesterday. <laughs> so what it is, so you are like hardcore dog lover. We can all hear that. So yes. what is the thing with dogs? Like what inspires or motivates you in dogs? Uh, it, it's learning how to best communicate with them and understand them uh, because that opens up a whole new world. So uh, our early 
agility experiences weren't from you know uh, top of top of the line instructors, and we had to seek uh, other other avenues to train. Um, but we've had some great moments in it, and uh, eventually, it was ten years ago that uh, just over ten years ago that I retired from the New York City Police Department. And my wife retired from nursing, full-time nursing. And we had already been doing dog training. We had been volunteering in a shelter. That brought us into full-time dog training. We started our business. Uh, my wife still does a lot of pet training and manners training and some behavioral problems. And uh, my agility schedule has just exploded. And so I focus solely on the agility and leave the behavioral stuff to my wife. She always knows when I'm misbehaving. So she's, I keep her in practice. <laughs> oh, your life uh, sounds so exciting and inspiring. Uh, and it's totally filled with dogs. So that's, um, that's a yes. great thing. Um, in this podcast, we want to share real life stories about learning about the dog's perspective as one mind dogs is all about learning more about that since we uh, have learned everything from the dogs uh, ourselves um steven you have joined one mind dogs community soon 10 years ago wow uh, yeah. tell us um how did you get started with one mind dogs well before i do that i'll i'll tell you a story of a one mind dogs coach who as I like to put it, uh, gently, gently lost her shoe in my rear end. Uh, we were in a seminar with uh, a one line dogs coach here in the U.S. Uh, it was and this was at a time I had a Shetland sheepdog and her name was Piper. And she's waiting for me over the bridge right now. But uh Piper was a nervous little dog. Mary Ellen Barry came in to our training club and did a seminar. And she was very impressive. She, right away, you introduced yourself and the dog, and she just learned everyone's name and everyone's dog's name and their story in minutes. And uh, I was very impressed with that because I don't tend to be the best with names. <laughs> So uh, I was running Piper and I sent her to the wrong end of the tunnel. I got out of position and I sent her into the wrong end of the tunnel. And I got mad at myself. Piper came out of the tunnel and I was, ah! and Mary Ellen came up to me at the end of the run. She goes, you got pretty mad at yourself over there at the tunnel. And I said, yeah, you should see me play golf. Um, And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just brushed that right off. And she goes, and Piper knows you weren't mad at her because, and that sunk in. Uh, I sat down and I thought about it and I knew I had just been told off gently, but she was right. She was right. The way I behaved had an effect on Piper. So, you know, she thought she did something wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. I did. And so that was kind of the beginning of my from the dog's perspective training. 
And I don't think she was a one mind dogs coach at that time, Mary Ellen Barry. It was years before. Maybe she was. I don't know. And then I had the good fortune to, once I retired from full-time work, to um, meet Soshana Doss and train under Soshana. And that brought me right into the One Mind Dogs world and the agility from the dog's point of view, training from the dog's point of view. It's not just agility. It's the whole relationship and the whole understanding. Well, that's an interesting, uh, interesting story, uh, indeed, and very educational. Um, I have heard similar type of stories from myself. How I have been saying something very directly <laughs> about <laughs> about how to behave on the field, and I was not so impressed hearing that. Uh, but then, when I realized and, and heard that those words actually have changed thinking completely so actually it was really well said even though afterwards it might sound a little bit harsh <laughs> yes yeah I, I do it to people all the time I I gently tell students listen your dog you know thinks that they made a mistake and we don't want that or as, as I call it and this is probably a New York thing um I call it putting anchovies on the pizza I don't like anchovies <laughs> 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 Sorry oh, to you dear. people who like anchovies, but I call it putting anchovies on the pizza. In other words, you're ruining the whole experience. So, exactly. so be careful what your toppings are on your pizza. Exactly. <laughs> well, continuing from the from this um topic uh of learning new perspective. So, what do you think have been your biggest kind of light bulb moments or eye openers? Uh, besides this experience um, that you just told us um, that you like once you you started to learn um, more about the dog's perspective and also from your own behavior can you mention some sort of like big moments or or um, or any um, any eye-opening eye um, experiences the biggest change for me in looking back at the past 10 years uh, has been running agility considering the dog's line instead of we're going to do a jump then we're going to do a tire then we're going to do a teeter so it's been the line and cueing the line and as i like to tell foundation students uh, agility is a path a line on the ground that you're trying to cue your dog along and if there's stuff in the way like jumps and tunnels and a-frames They should take it, but just focus on the line. Just keep your focus on the line and the dog will execute the obstacles. So that's one thing. And connection, connection with the dog was, that was life-changing for agility for me, you know? And, and I think that really does also strengthen the bond. I mean, agility in general strengthens the bond between you and your dog. Seeing connection and experiencing the uh the enhanced connection that one mind dogs offers uh has been very eye-opening for me right that's really eye-opening for for our listeners i bet as well yeah <laughs> um to hear this from you um what 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 about like outside the agility field um has there been anything that you feel that you have changed in your 
behavior uh, when you started to learn more about the dog's perspective? Well, certainly the relationships have been enhanced. Uh, and my understanding of dog behavior has has just, you know, and it, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Every day they teach you something new. Um, so as one mind dog says, learning is infinite. But yeah, certainly an enhanced relationship between myself and my dogs and the same with my wife. Um, no, wait, wait, let me let me rephrase that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I still don't understand women so well. <laughs> well, that's a uh, marriage funny. joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. And but it's it's also like a like a broader joke because people are asking um about uh, about like apps, like one my dog's apps for teaching the children and also other family members <laughs> in the <laughs> in the family. So but let's go get back to that uh, in another episode. So Okay. <laughs> uh, um what do you think uh like you feel that has been the Like if you think about your whole dog journey, uh, what has been the biggest hurdle or challenge in that? How how and how did you actually get through of that? I, I think hmm, I'm gonna say it's keeping my playing poker, playing poker. In other words, keeping my own emotions and my own desire to be the best I can be under. Uh, in disguise in other words not letting the dog know that I'm upset with myself still it's a challenge but at least I'm aware of it now and um making sure that the dog has a wonderful experience um as so many people have said they didn't drive themselves to a competition or to a class we took them so we have to make sure that we're giving them all we can and being cognizant and appreciative of their experience oh they you make it sound like a poetry <laughs> which is actually oh, is, so. okay. <laughs> uh, uh, i'm far from a poet <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know you already mentioned a little bit about like learning from the dogs could you tell us a little bit more about that experience uh well i i'll share with you a story that um that again this goes back to piper and piper was one of these dogs that just um early on she just gave us so much uh knowledge uh we just learned so much from her um we were still uh trying to compete we had taken some time off from competition to work on her confidence and to learn about behavior and how best to to uh respond when a when a dog is behaving a certain way in fact let me go down a little side road here very often people ask me why is my dog doing this or why is my dog doing that and i say to them you're you're asking me the wrong question because unless i can speak to the dog i really can't say with 100 certainty why your dog is doing that The right question is, how should I respond when my dog does this or that? That's the right question. Um, because then that puts the the onus on the handler, on the owner, as to what to do about this, not just why does my dog do that? They're dogs. 
so uh, going back to Piper, this was one of our early ring experiences when we got back into competition. We thought, okay, she's um, she's gotten a little bit of confidence, and let's let's try it again. And we were in a competition, and what we were doing at the time was we were just getting two or three obstacles and then waving at the judge, thank you, because you're not really supposed to do this, but waving at the judge, thank you, and running to the exit. You know, so little, little brief ring encounters. And I miscued a pause table. I don't know if they have pause tables in Europe. Do they? Um, they used to do, at least. And they, oh, okay. It, it's- It's different in different countries, but um, they are getting rid of them, I guess. Um. Good. Um, <laughs> so um, I miscued the pause table. She ran around behind it and she jumped up, wagging her tail and barking at me. And you could clearly see the bark was, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And as I came out of the ring with her that day, uh, both me and my wife said to each other at the same time, Did you see her bark? And we were so thrilled that she wanted to continue. We were so happy with that because we said, okay, we're we're developing an agility dog here. And we are working through her understanding and her her needs, her problems. And so it was very fulfilling that day for Piper to turn around and say, hey, hey, you you messed up. Where are we going? Where are we going? Very thrilling for me. Yes, and now and I, I think what your oh, question sorry. was. <laughs> <It> was <laughs> well, I think you answered it already. It was about the hurdles and challenges. And and I think uh, one of the most typical challenges we are having with our dogs is the confidence of the dog. And I, I believe personally that building the foundation for the for the relationship and the ability for the people to be able to actually play and have fun with the dogs. That's the cue and the, where it all starts. Yes. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree. And, you know, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I've come to experience and appreciate uh, is that when they're having, when they think you're having fun, then they're able to, Uh, focus and and do their job but if they think that you're upset oh boy we're heading down the wrong path we're heading right. into the dark the dark woods get out of the dark woods and into the light <laughs> Stephen when we think about your whole career with your dogs and your wife <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think are the top highlights in that well one of them i just shared and that was believe mm. it or not piper even though we didn't even qualify in that run that was a highlight um certainly becoming coach has been a highlight in my uh teaching career um and understanding that it's not over <laughs> you know yeah you got a title but the learning is continuing i i've been in i, I haven't been to europe to compete Um, I have been uh, to some national events here. Uh, I made finals with one dog who is also waiting over the bridge. So I really, I, I enjoy teaching. You know, I, I love com- competing and doing well in the ring. But 
uh, it's it's very fulfilling to think that your instruction is helping the relationship and the bond that a student and their dog are experiencing. Very fulfilling. Right. I totally agree. Yes. <laughs> I totally agree on that. Um, what about like um like a little bit from that like a bigger picture? Now uh, there is a neighbor or friend of yours who is getting their first ever dog. Um and they are not necessarily interested in dog training as such. Um, what would be your top tips uh, to tell them? I, I Oh, boy. I have to think about that. Top tips for a new puppy owner. I would encourage them to get training either on their own or in a group setting, depending on the dog, if the dog can tolerate a group setting and is appropriate for a group setting. Uh, I would certainly encourage that. I, I I don't want to come off like old preachy to them, but a trained dog is much more likely to stay in the home. You know, we learned this from the shelter work that we used to do. A trained dog is, has a much better chance at staying in the home for their life uh, as opposed to being uh, given up for adoption or worse down the road. Uh, a crate, definitely crate training. Um, is good. It's a puppy's place to go and just, you know, hey, it's my personal space and don't bother me in here. It helps with um, potty training. I like, and especially if, if it's a pet, I like for people to hand feed their dog because it provides opportunities to interact and it, it kind of I don't know how bad it is in Europe, but here in the States, there's this kind of dominance mentality where um, where people make the dog wait because I said so. <laughs> and instead, when you hand feed your, your puppy, you, you can work on little tricks and things. You can work, encourage sits and downs and little tricks that the puppy can do. And there it is. They, Um, learning through play, learning through play is, is a wonderful, wonderful way to learn. I mean, I, I wish that or more job training, more career training was somehow able to incorporate that. So those would probably be the top tips. Hand feed, crate training, and get some formal training. Get some professional help early on. And uh, like I said, I don't want to get all preachy, but get out of that mentality of uh, – the whole dominance, you know, I'm in charge. <laughs> that's, that's totally um, to the point. And I, I totally agree, uh, agree on that uh, perspective. And that's why I think it's important that we are sharing these experiences that you can actually do a lot of things from the other perspective and not from the authority perspective, which is really typical for human beings to think of. And it's kind of the human perspective. But now yeah. we need to switch to the dog's perspective. Um, hey, Stephen, there is something very exciting. Uh, you mentioned to me before this uh, episode that you have been playing guitar for 50 years now. Wow, that's yeah, incredible. 50 years. Um, tell us more about that. I'm sure the listeners are also interested in learning. What the heck? <laughs> uh I think I've been learning so long because it, it's, I have to say, uh, 
a lot of things in life, I think, have come to me pretty easily. Looking back and I say, you know, well, school wasn't that hard or this or that. Um, but playing guitar has just been, uh, it's still a challenge. And uh, about, it, it was just before the pandemic. I'm, I'm going to say it was uh, about a year before the pandemic when I said, let me go back to lessons. We had some, uh, I, I, I won't say that I had more free time, but I prioritized my my music a little bit more. So, and I said, let me go back to lessons. And I, I ended up with someone who, was the one mind dogs uh, equivalent of an instructor, two people actually. One of them has since passed away, uh, a fellow named Mark Hitt, who was so, so good. And uh, pancreatic cancer took him last year. And now I'm with another instructor who is just wonderful. And he has different approaches uh, if you don't want to learn theory. So in that way, he, he this fella, it's not just this is how you play this song or this is how you do that. It's, you know, here's a piece of music. Can you read it? <laughs> um, and if not, we need to work on that. So he wants you to understand all the theory and all the stuff behind. Why does this work, this song? And, and in that way, I think it really is a lot. I'm going to bring it back and tie it into One Mind Off. It, it really is a lot like that, like the why of, of my music. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's a wonderful escape for me. I think everyone needs something in their life. Um, and I have the, the puppy now is starting to, she just turned a year. She's starting to be able to lie down. I don't play real loud, um, but she's able to lie down now. So I have three of the four dogs will come in and just lay down while I'm playing and listen to it. So it must not be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are good, uh, good kind of um, teachers to you for that um, that uh, hobby as well and that skill as yeah. well. So dogs are really good teachers. But I didn't think of that guitar perspective before. But thank you for sharing this. This is really uh, inspiring. And I also agree that we all should have some sort of like escapes um, Escape. for yourself. Yeah. Health, healthy escapes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, hey, I want to ask, I have been asking this from everyone um, so far. Uh, like it's again, like, like a little bit more like on bigger level uh, question. Now that we are having all the time every year, more and more dogs and more and more also challenges with the dog ownership. From your perspective and from your opinion, uh, if there would be one thing that you would change in the dog world or in the world to make the world better for dogs, what what would that um, be? Uh, I would have to say that Uh, I would hope that more people would become uh, aware that uh, some of the theories that got popular in the 50s, the 1950s, uh, at least here in the States, the whole Wolf Park uh, theories that even uh, the fellow who put them out initially has said they really weren't accurate. Um, 
I, I would hope that more people become aware of uh, why dogs uh, or why you should respond, why training should uh, be what it is has become today instead of the whole, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you referring to dominance theory? Dominance, or? yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Compulsive. Right. The the compulsive training. I would hope that we are heading to a place where more and more people are aware that that's not the route that you should go. And why it's right. not. The damage that it can do. The mistrust. Um, so, you know, why, why we should get away from that and why other uh, approaches work so much better. Exactly. I totally, yeah. 100% agree on that. And I also think that why is also that when you do it from the dog's perspective you can see that the dog is actually enjoying it it's it's waving, waving its tail for example yeah. and like is really uh, relaxed and when you see other other types of methods um that's something you cannot see so that's uh, like a simple simple um like a factor of of learning learning what's yeah. better and what's not that good um totally agree and that's the big work that we are all here and one my dogs is trying to do and and so raise the awareness of the dog's perspective and the and and the better uh, training methods for dogs um now we are so, getting so many yeah, sorry. so so many students are so amazed when you show them how shaping works and how the dog becomes a willing partner in their own training. They just can't believe it because for years and years and years with their previous dogs, they've helped the dog do everything. And as you tell them, wait, let's see what happens here. And sure enough, the dog just offered a behavior and, you know, let's mark and reward that. And lo and behold, what happens? The dog offers it again. You know, we can bring that along. They're amazed when they see that. Yeah. That's that's totally true. Um, now that we are coming to end of this this lovely discussion and inspiring, um, is there anything that I didn't ask and you would like to share with us, uh, to me and the listeners? I bet you have always something to share. So <laughs> go go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, just just that I'm really uh, I'm feeling very fortunate and where i've ended up um i'm very appreciative of the people who have helped bring me here all of the coaches i've had uh, a few names that i've mentioned and, and a whole bunch that i haven't uh I, i'm fortunate to be in an area of the world where so many people uh have embraced uh one mind dogs and have helped me with my training um, and I'm looking forward to right now, we're in a bit of a, a family situation with um, elder care. My, my mother-in-law is not doing well, but um, I, I'm looking forward to the chance to travel again and, and compete again. I, I just, um, yeah, that's something. I haven't been competing because 24 weeks ago, I had a total knee replacement. So I have a new titanium knee. I have tried it out in the agility ring and I'm starting to enter competitions again uh, later this month and going into the spring. So we're going to be testing out this new hardware. 
<laughs> well, that's that's exciting, and that's also like something to wait for. And I'm sure, like we are all willing to uh, like see your um, future um, runs with your dogs with this uh, with this new knee. <laughs> um, and I bet it will be even better than the old one. So it's, uh, it's great to be out of pain. The right, knee, right. Yeah, the old knee was really it was overdue. <laughs> it, it was pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, with this episode, I'm also sharing links uh, of you so all the listeners can go ahead and see um, some videos from Stephen and whatever links you, you want to share with us. So please um, share them with me later and I will add them uh, next to this episode so everyone can follow also your future journeys with your dogs. Okay, thank um, you. Stephen, uh, thank you so much for being here today. It was an honor and I'm super excited to be interviewing our um, recent One Mind Dogs coach title um, member here. So congratulations once more about that. It's hard work and it pays off, right? <laughs> yes, it does. And I was very excited to get the news that, right. that I had made we it. Too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we too. My wife um, was in a store up in uh where were we cape cod she was in a store a uh a, a shark center a white great white shark center but it was more she was in the shopping the gift end of things and uh, i went in and told her i made coach i made coach and people were like oh, what do you coach up <laughs> but my wife knew and she was very happy for me oh yeah we are all happy for you Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening One Mind Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. Make sure you follow One Mind Dogs in social media and also tag us and share your moments with your dog. See you in the next episode.